0: Good morning, my friends. Welcome to today's Happiness After Codependency episode. Today, we are starting a new series. Today, we are going to be addressing episode one and exposing the codependent fantasy. A codependent fantasy is something that, if you're codependent, you got one. You probably have several. I had like nine different fantasies in my world. And the codependent fantasy plays a central role in why... We stay in relationships that are toxic and harmful to us. Why we avoid healthy relationships. And how ultimately we conceive of ourselves, relate to ourselves, and care for ourselves. So it's what we'll be jumping into in this episode today. Before we get to it, I need to share this out to the community real quick. So the community is your safe haven here on the internet, where you can find tools, guidance, and support in your life. Um, the You can get access to the community by uh, clicking the link above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can go to www.freetheself.com and choose Community. And boom, you'll be ready to go there. So that that's how we get to that. So Let me share that out to the community real quick before we jump into it. Let me know how you're doing in the comments below. Today's kind of a big day because we've got... Uh, Class 1 of the Know Yourself Strategy starting here in about, oh, 40-ish minutes. So, yeah, I'm kind of a little bit flustered, so I apologize if I seem distracted a little bit. All right. It's Exposing the Codependent Fantasy, Episode 1. What is it and why do we have it? Why do we have a codependent fantasy? So, ultimately, codependency is your survival strategy. It's how you survived Toxic relationships, toxic environments, toxic interactions with other human beings. It's how you got through it. It was a means to getting your needs met and to coping with what was going on in your world. It's essential to understand that because codependency is not an identity. It's not a disease. It's not a, a, um, it's not a flaw in who you are. It's not something that you have to live with. It's something that you grow out of. And by growing out of codependency, you're actually growing into something else. I call that something else yourself. You grow into who you are. You no longer need codependency because you're building relationships that work for you. You're honoring and respecting who you are, your values, your uh, boundaries, your priorities in your world, and you're ultimately connecting with yourself and with other people, I'm going to move the yogurt thing. Um, in your world, in a healthy way that gets your needs and wants met and allows you to be who you are. It's really the crux of healing from codependency is coming to know love and live who you are. Well, inside codependency, inside of this coping strategy, when we don't think we can escape the environment, when we don't have the capability to do it or the capacity or the resources to do it, especially if you were like me and grew up in an environment in a home in a culture that was narcissistic that was unhealthy and unavailable you you create a fantasy you create a fantasy that helps you cope with what's going on it gives you hope that something will be different down the road it a fantasy that in a way comforts the pain that you've been living through in a way that it gives you space to find ways to deal with the pain. See, the, co- the the codependent fantasy is really engineered around helping comfort and care for yourself in toleration of something that's abusive and toxic that you believe or you just don't have the capacity or resources to escape. So it's there to assist us while in it. But ultimately, the codependent fantasy is destructive, especially when we Gain the capacity to leave toxic systems. It becomes a serious problem in leaving them because part of the codependent fantasy is what's what I call undue tolerance. We tolerate the abuse. We tolerate it because we hope that things will change. And so that's where we get into the anatomy of the fantasy. Because fantasies themselves are constructed on a hope that things will change if, one, you're different, You do something different, you change something about yourself, you're ideal, you're perfect for them, they'll stop doing what they're doing. Two, hope that they'll change when they realize that they're hurting you because you assume that they care about your well-being because you care about their well-being. You project your goodness, your well-meaning, your warmth onto them rather than observing what their patterns of behavior are telling you and then making decisions based on that. Number three, we have a, an unmet and incomplete sense of self and codependency. And so there's a fantasy that begins to emerge in this, where we believe that their love and their approval, their valuing of us will complete us. That they hold the key to our own self-worth. That they're the authority over who we are and what our intrinsic value is very serious enmeshment of self there because ultimately leaving means I don't have a self. I don't have an identity. Who am I without this person? I'm not worth anything. My life isn't worth anything. I need someone in my life so that I feel complete, so that I feel whole, so that I feel like I have purpose and value in the world. That's a big, big fantasy. It's a huge hook in it. And this helps us compensate and tolerate the abuse that's going on in the and the abuse and neglect because (laughs) uh, these kind of uh, toxic relationships always come with both. We're being abused for having wants, needs, feelings, having existence, taking up space, doing something or not doing something. We're also neglected in our needs and our wants and our feelings and our identity and our safety and our well-being and our need for play connection, affection, time, attention, care, being valued, being protected, our ten core needs is what I call those. So we're wrestling with this. And our fantasies give us hope you know, that maybe something will be different this time. Because part of us, we love this person. We don't want to lose this relationship or this person. We care about them. problem is, is to love them costs us our well-being. But we think that that's noble and one of those other uh, fantasies of martyrdom. If I, I, I'm being noble and loving and caring by sacrificing myself for them, and that isn't noble, loving, and caring to you. And it doesn't work for them. If they're narcissistic, it's a fantastic source of supply for them. If they're emotionally unavailable, they're emotionally immature, it's annoying. They're like, why are you here? Why are you, you know. But they expect it too because they want to be, they're, they're coming from an immature state or that you're playing parent to them. So, this codependent fantasy, I mean, it kept us alive in situations we didn't have the capacity to leave. But when we start to gain power, the ability to take care of ourselves, the ability to leave. Even though we might feel powerless or helpless in it, we still have an option there. This is where the codependent fantasy becomes toxic and destructive to our well-being because it's a coping strategy for toxicity, but it is not useful outside of that dynamic. Codependency, codependent fantasies tend to create relationships that sabotage themselves and we're trying to build connection with other human beings because we come in with the expectation of them being a certain way so they can line up with the fantasy we have about them. And then we uh, get upset, disappointed, and confused and frustrated when they don't line up that way. It's one way that codependent fantasy interferes with our ability of getting to know someone for who they are rather than who we want them to be so we can feel a certain way. That's an enmeshment component there. Second way the codependent fantasy really interferes with our well-being and happiness is it dictates that we need someone else in order to be valid as a person. That person's love makes us lovable. That person's validation makes us valid and real. That person's approval makes us safe, things like that. This external orientation to other people uh, for these attributes that are intrinsically ours, to manage, to nurture, to know, and to, to care for. It leads us to trying to control people. It leads us to avoiding relationships. It sabotages our ability to have real connection that's safe and secure. It leads to attachment disruption. It leads to a lot of pain. It leads to a lot of fear. We're not able to build real dynamic, flexible intimacy with other people because we need them to complete us in that way. Ultimately, our value, our personality, our identity, our wholeness and safety are our responsibility and no one else's. One of the big leaps into knowing, loving, and living who we are is taking ownership of our sovereignty, coming into our own responsibility to ourselves, becoming accountable to ourselves for who we choose to be and how we show up in the world essential that we do that in order for us to feel safe, to actually have safety, to feel it and to be safe. Because it takes both. And then to ultimately be who we are so we can go out and create relationships with other people based on who we are and who they are, rather than on the transactional benefits that we provide for each other. So Deborah says, every time I break my sobriety, I discover nothing has or will change. So it's a little bewildering. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we, we have to come into confronting the codependent fantasy of, you know, they will change. It's none of our business what they do. It's none of our business who they choose to be. Our business is understanding the impact that they have on our world and whether or not that aligns with what we want. We have to become, uh, we have to take responsibility for who we allow into our world. And we have to take responsibility for acknowledging the impact that it's having on us and then make decisions and actions based on that impact, not based on what we hope will be. And this really comes down to respecting the person for who they choose to be. Respect doesn't mean that you agree with who they are. It means that you acknowledge that they are being the way they are. And that's it. There's nothing else. We have to start targeting that toxic hope we have that they'll change and start uh, connecting to sober reality that this is the way they are and I need to deal with my grief. I need to confront this and address it in a kind of compassionate but accountable way so that we can internalize that this person is the way they are and not who we want them to be. So that's what it is about codependency. Codependency fantasy what it is, it's our survival strategy. It's how we coped with the lack of getting needs and wants met in our world. Why do we have it? So, again, we can, we can survive till we can escape and move into the world and start developing a more healthy sense of self and healthy skills and experiences in relating with others. That's why we have the codependent fantasy. It was used to help us survive, but it is not useful outside toxic systems. In fact, It's also not all that useful inside the toxic system because it tends to perpetuate it, so we do have to confront it and start to break free of it when we have become aware that we're in a toxic dynamic. Because part of our role in the toxic dynamic is returning to it. And we do that because of the fawn response, because of our trauma bond and chemical addictions. We have to the individuals. but We have to own that. We have to come into um, accountability with that, and then say, okay, I'm choosing this and this is harming me, so now I need to make different choices that align with who I am what I need and ultimately take care of my well-being and my happiness. That's the practice of sobriety. That's what's necessary for our well-being and happiness to come into play. So that's today's episode. My friends, go out there, be gentle with yourselves, explore the fantasies you carry about others. We'll continue to explore Codependent fantasy and how it gets into our lives in lots of interesting, subtle, and sometimes sneaky ways. And how we can shape our connection to reality in a way that creates more safety, more sanity, and more sovereignty in our world. So that's what we'll be doing. Appreciate you. Remember that you're worth knowing, loving, and keeping. Go gently. And I will see you guys in our next episode. Bye-bye.